I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. As you know, in the last few months, we've done some um, great interviews um, and we're taking interviewing in a slightly different direction today. Firstly, um, uh, my my guest today, Alvaro Gomez, has been pivotal in the development of explaining history um, in a huge act of kindness and generosity a few years ago. He reached out and um, arranged to establish a website for um, the for the podcast, uh, which I've been, you know, very very grateful for. Um, uh, Alvaro is uh, speaking to us from Spain today, and we are going to talk about the populist right in Spain, uh, particularly the the Vox Party, but also the kind of the the political moment that exists in Spain at the moment. And Alvaro today is acting as as kind of our our eyewitness to uh, to this moment in in Spain, and we'll obviously dip into a little bit of the um, the the history of uh, of the right in Spain. They've had uh, quite an exciting past hundred years or so. So um, we'll we'll dive in in there. But firstly, welcome to the podcast, Alvaro. It's a great privilege to have you here. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for having me. I've been listening to your podcast for many, many years, and it's a lot of fun to join you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So uh, we, we exist in this this moment in in kind of European history where um, we have uh, the, the, this kind of strange kind of confluence of um, uh, far right parties, far right ideas that you know 20 or 30 years ago it would have been widely assumed would have, would have been in kind of history's dustbin but here here they are in you know the huge far-right party in france there is essentially a far-right party in government in italy um there is brexit that happened uh, partly as a result of kind of minority uh right-wing parties or extreme right-wing parties uh, filtering into in, into the conservatives who kind of need no encouragement really to drift towards the right, um, and um, and and obviously kind of Spain is is part of that story, um, and so perhaps we can begin with talking about where, for example, the the, the far you know in recent years, obviously the far right in Spain has has emerged from um and the um the the kind of it sort of drift away from sort of center ground conservatism perhaps we can begin mm. with that. 
Sure. So um, um, since the since the advent of democracy in the late 1970s in Spain, um, the right there were initially there were a few uh, right parties, but they they coalesced into what is known as the PP, the Partido Popular, um, which has been hegemonic and has been in government several times. Um, so up until 2016 or 15, there wasn't really anything to the right of PP. It kind of um, absorbed um, some, th there were some individuals and some uh, currents and currents and trends inside the party that were pulling it towards a more right uh, position, but it tended to um, um, kind of not, not, not pay too much attention to that or not to make it part of their mainstream um, positions. Mm -hmm. um, what had happened is that over the last, uh, well, between 2003 and 2012, there have been a lot of cases of corruption uh, in the PP, and uh, that was um, kind of wearing out part, part, of, part of its uh, constituency, and uh, and it was getting harder and harder for, the, for them to, to win elections. So uh, around 2016, there was a party called Ciudadanos, which uh, tried to position itself somewhere between the Socialist Party and the Partido Popular. Mm -hmm. um, initially, it tried to grab uh, voters from both sides. But um, what happened eventually is that it ended up leaning clearly towards Partido Popular. Um, that didn't quite work out. They weren't able to win a general election and, and, and govern. Um, so a second party raised, which is Vox, and that was uh, clearly positioned to the right of Partido Popular. Um, mm. The Vox itself is a stand of uh, the founder of, of Vox uh, used to be a member of Partido Popular, so they're not uh, exactly aliens. Um, that's kind of a um, um, kind of first uh, first outline. I'm not sure if you want to dive deeper into that or move on. Well, there's, there's something in, in, in interesting when you talk about parties that. Uh, position themselves sort of somewhere between you know the the the, the left and the right. We you know you see and you've seen across the the, the the democratic world parties that are able to you know almost harness the rhetoric of the of of the left of you know hope and change and that kind of stuff. But in in reality, they're wedded to a, a, a more traditional economics, which is, mm. um, you know, markets and um, privatization and, and, and these sorts of things. And um, my, my sense of, of, of what, what, what has happened, I mean, you, you, you saw, interestingly, under the, the, the two Obama administrations in America, a lot of um, kind of progressive language, but the substance of it all is kind of business as usual. And then, and curiously enough, you get Donald Trump in 2016. Um, and I, I wonder whether part of Vox's uh, appeal um, is the, the, the kind of the, the, the politics that sort of speaks in the language of progressivism, but the reality is anything but. Uh, is, there, is there a sense of that, do you think? Um... If anything, that would have been more true of the Ciudadanos, which is the party well, I mentioned earlier. Yes, that's the, the, the that's what I that, and and their oh, supporters okay. drive towards uh, kind of perhaps <clears throat> the way towards Vox. As you as you rightly pointed out, uh, Ciudadanos, which was the first attempt to kind of give a 
give some support to the Partido Popular, which is failing. That that first attempt to position itself uh, in the center, it was mostly um, aesthetical. It w- there wasn't th- uh, that much of a um, that much of a of a base to it because when it comes to um, economical policy, they they pushed uh, towards privatization and lowering taxes uh, for high income households and the companies. Um, so they try to be progressive when it came to social things, I guess, but not so much uh, things to do with uh, economic policy. So yeah, yeah. You, you, you hit on, a, on something there, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, I mean, one of the, the, the kind of um, the features of Spanish politics, uh, and this is one of the things that kind of Vox has, has built its um, appeal on, is the, the you know the attempt to kind of end decentralization with, mm. with, with the, the the Basque country and um, Catalonia, and there 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 are um, demand to kind of recentralize, and I, I guess one of the one of the things that um, has happened in in uh, recent years was the uh, the in, independence movement within Catalonia, and really the way that that was suppressed. How you know? How much is the the kind of the the, the suppression of um, a Catalonian uh, independence a key part of um, Vox kind of rhetoric? Mm-hmm. If I, if I may, I'm I'm, I'm going to provide a tiny bit uh, of additional context here because in most countries, I would guess in Western Europe anyway, the axis tends to be more or less between the left and the right, and that affects mostly economic policy, although also some, some social changes. There is a second axis in Spain, which affects the um, centrifugal or uh, centralist forces. So, so mm-hmm. there are parties which are left-leaning, but might be very pro-centralization. Yeah. And you have parties which uh, whose, whose um, electorate is, is regional, so nationalist parties, uh, who are kind of right-leaning in their policies uh, in terms of um, economic policy mostly. So th- we've got two axes uh, yeah. to, to plot our parties here. Um, and as, as you said, um, even Ciudadanos, which is the first party I mentioned, the one that tried to position itself towards the center, that party uh, was originally um, created in Catalonia, and it was a way to um, push back on um, pro-Catalonian independence um, hegemony. So it, it clearly has a vocation of um, centralization. Yeah. And that is that is even more true in the case of uh, Vox, which is more... Um, Kind of more direct and a little, a little more more folkish about it, if I may, less modern. Yeah. Um, and 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 in terms of recent recent developments, it's interesting that uh, Basque um, terrorism stopped uh, over ten years ago, mm. um, but it's still uh, one of those uh, puppets that uh, politicians shake in public to scare people off. And mm. and it's interesting that as that problem uh, kind of faded. Uh, the Catalonian independence um, became became the, the initiative towards that became more belligerent. Mm. And in 2017, if you remember, there was a uh, referendum uh, that was um, uh, that was deemed illegal by the Spanish courts and the central government, which at the time was under the hands of Partido Popular. Um, well, they they decided that they would go, uh, you know, uh, kind of. Re- sent some police instead of sent some negotiation. Um, and that kind of made the situation worse. And mm-hmm. it was in that context that um, the Vox kind of uh, gained strength. Yeah. 
Um, it's interesting you mentioned this this kind of um, uh, centralizing centrifugal um, kind of axis within um, within Spanish politics. Obviously, within living memory in Great Britain, there has been thirty years of essentially low level civil war in in Northern Ireland. Um, and you have uh, Wales, where I am, which has a kind of a, a, very, a very sort of like uh, modest um, culturally cultural nationalist movement, which doesn't really, you know, that only in the last few years has the um, after Brexit has the, the the conversation about Welsh independence really emerged at all. And then there's a very very strong, very robust Scottish nationalist uh, movement. Um, you have politicians you mentioned in spain you know raising mentioning you know, raising the kind of the um, the quest the, the ghost of eta for example saying you know this was a very very bad thing for spain in great britain you have a conservative government actively unpicking the good friday agreement which was the document that ended 30 years of violence in uh, in in northern ireland i mean that is the kind of the the blase and the anarchic nature of of this this thing that calls itself conservatism in britain but kind of isn't really it's uh, um what they what they are is is i suppose something that historians will baffle will kind of puzzle over for many many years to come um Sometimes there has been, you know, there there are kind of comparisons made with uh, terrorism in Northern Ireland and you know a Basque terrorism, and I'm sure they they learned from one another. But um, it's, I think there's just an interesting kind of uh, parallel there in the way that these these sort of two things are remembered and, and misremembered. Um, of course, across Europe you have um, nationalist and populist movements that are becoming incredibly vocal and almost violent in their rhetoric about immigration. I guess I have two questions about that, really. Um, how far is has Vox managed to kind of latch onto popular anxieties about immigration in Spain? And, you know, how far is, do you think, is, is immigration actually a kind of a, a pertinent issue or is it, or is it a kind of like a, a phantom, really? Um, so answering answer your first question, I, I do think it's um, it's something they have leveraged as as part as part of their their positions. Um, it's always been there in a way, but it wasn't something that was made a, one of the main talking points for any party. Even Partido Popular was uh, was moderate as a mainstream big party. They didn't want to delve too 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 deep into those things, but Vox has. Um, it's is mostly their their main talking points. I would say are um, immigration and um, the the uh, struggle with uh, nationalist um, inclinations in some areas of the state. I would say those are its two main things. And then there is the, an anti-tax, anti-pro-liberty, um, but, but 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 mostly just reduce taxes in a kind of an irrational way because they also claim to be wanting to support public, uh, you know. Uh, public services and all those things. But yeah, answering your question very much, um, uh, they, they latch uh, uh, regarding Im immigration very, very much. And also some some social um, issues, which are, if you look at them, really minor, such as uh, 
squatting. It, it, it's one of the things that you hear more and more uh, box politicians talking about as if um, squatting in Spain was a widespread problem that everyone was suffering. And it really is not the case. Uh, if you have your, your, your actual home occupied by someone, you just call the police and they throw them off right away, as long as it's your residency. Uh, it is more... Um, um, uh, properties that are owned by banks typically, and they are have been are empty and have been empty for a while. And then if, if uh, someone um, occupies that kind of uh, that, that that type of, of house, then it's mm. not quite as easy to just throw them out. There is a due process, and it takes a while. But suddenly they're oversimplifying things and, and scaring people off, and think people think if they're going to go um, shopping groceries, and when they come back, their house is going to be occupied. So some some things are being blown out of proportion in a kind of a ridiculous way and is there um as you find in in lots of parts of the world when you're you have kind of far right and populist right parties is there a kind of like a friendly media in spain that is assist amplifying these sorts of uh, misleading messages hmm. well they are not being portrayed as extremists uh they are being invited to a lot of uh, mainstream tv shows um late shows um, radio, TV, so they're not being portrayed by the most, the most, uh, you know, the, the major media outlets are not portraying them as um, far right. Um, which, if you compare them to uh, kind of the other end of the spectrum, uh, the, the far left uh, has it, it is being portrayed that way, and it's been attacked day in and day out. So there is a lot of, uh, you know, been a, kind of cool about it not to not too hard on them Does that make sense yeah yeah it's it's the 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 free pass isn't it um and i notice i mean um by the way for the benefit of everyone listening we we have a in our uh kind of zoom chat here we've got a list of, of topics that, um so it should be i should do this actually for more podcasts because this is really really helpful but you mentioned um the whitewashing of frank mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Spain is. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. To some extent, unique 
in 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 Europe, um, actually, if you ignore uh, Greece and Portugal, um, in that um, obviously at the end of the Second World War um, in Italy and in Germany, the fascist dictators are overthrown, their regimes are overthrown, and there's a forcible kind of um, erasure of Nazism and, and Italian fascism. Then in the eastern half of Europe, you know, you have um, Stalinism, which lingers on in some form until uh, the end of the 1980s. Spain, obviously, is a fascist dictatorship until 1974. And the, you know, when, when Franco passed away, his, you know, his sort of erasure doesn't really happen in, in the same way, if at all. Now it's true that you know if you if you are getting in a, a taxi in Moscow, you, taxi driver might well have a picture of Stalin on the dashboard. Less likely to find a picture of Hitler on the dashboard of a taxi driver in Berlin. But it's you know wherever you go in the world, people will talk in fond terms about authoritarian figures. And I know of people from Chile that think, well, that Pinochet he sorted this country out good and proper, you know. How far has the, the rehabilitation of Franco actually succeeded in Spain? Hmm. Uh, that's one of the things where uh, Vox's um, appearance in, in, in the public scene has changed things because up until now, um, well, I'll, 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 I'll add a little bit of context before that, just to confirm what you said uh, along the lines that there was a, legal continuity between the uh, Franco's regime and the current regime. Uh, so the legal changes that were necessary to pass the current constitution, they were done following the process of the previous status quo. So it was the people, uh, there was um, something akin to a um, House of Commons, if you want to call it that way, but uh, Francoist one, which was, you know, handpicked, of course, not voted. And uh, they voted uh, a lot to modify uh, the political regime. So everything was 100% legal, 100% continuity. Uh, and that means that even though the laws themselves changed and they became democratic laws in terms of the people who were in power um, mm -hmm. and I'm also talking I'm thinking about the army the police and judges and everyone who held some type of power they suddenly they were supposed to be um, um, enforcing different laws but their DNA if you want that mm. that, that that was uh, very very different so the thing is in a way because they were still in power they didn't need to um, vindicate uh, Francoism it was still they were still holding some kind of power so as that has fizzled out and obviously this these people have passed over time um I guess the right uh, didn't really fight the the um, the narrative from the left that you know the Spanish Civil War was 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 a coup d'état from the right because it could, they couldn't they couldn't accept uh, some um, legal reforms, social reforms, and so they decided blah 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 all of that. And then the, the forty years of Francoism was uh, a fascist dictatorship for a long time. The right just they would just look some other way and say, well, that's okay. Let's talk about today. Mm -hmm. And um, with with uh, Vox has made it more explicit to vindicate that and also to negate that the civil war was um, something that, that right cost. So they talk about in 1934, how in Asturias, the, 
um, in the mines, they, there was a bit of a mm -hmm. left coup when there was a record. So there's some revisionism going on, on one yeah. hand, um, about the civil war, but also about Franco's regime and how it was um, absolutely fantastic for everyone and economically things were great, etc. So they're more explicit about it and more willing to fight the narrative from the left, which was to some extent um, established as fact. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, when you have a a, a civil war that divides the country, um, the um, the result the resultant the result of that. There's a really really great book by Giles Tremlett on the uh, the international brigades, and he he starts off by talking about one of the um, one of the international brigadiers, a guy from Mexico who actually settled in Spain eventually after the end of the, the Franco dictatorship. And he talks about how reviled and hated the, the, uh, this guy was by many people with, with conservative values in um, uh, Spain uh, and how loathed he was because as far as they were concerned, well, if it wasn't for people like you interfering, the coup would have been done and dusted in a couple of days and we wouldn't have had three years of war. So obviously, pe people with kind of conservative or reactionary, you know, outlooks, and you know, they are they're everywhere. Um, they 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 have their own their own version of the past and their own uh, and, and the, the the way they see things. And it's it's really uh, you know, if, if you are on the populist right, that perspective is really really useful to you. And their ability to go, well, you know, have we been too hard on Franco? You know, um, have we, uh, you know, he, he, did, he did make sure there were some lovely hotels built along the kind of the uh, the Costa del Sol and things like that, you know. Um, mm. uh, so so it's, it becomes really easy. Revisionism become, becomes really, really, uh, really, really easy in, in, in that context. There's... Um, the last few podcasts I've done with, um, particularly with Alan Lester that I did a, a few weeks ago, was looking at how the the conservative right in Britain and its various kind of different cultural and political um, uh, outlets are causing are bringing about this this kind of not a revision of how we see the slave trade. But a a, um, a shutdown of uh, of continued debate about you know the culpability of, of Great Britain in it. So the past is a malleable thing, as I'm sure uh, listeners to this podcast are probably aware. Um, finally, well, when when we are um, looking at the kind of the the the, the whitewashing of um, of Franco and the kind of the um, the, the reimagining of uh, the the civil war coming into the into the present moment that the the bit almost I'm kind of most interested in is that there's been this kind of historic upset for Vox in uh, recent polling in Spain and I wonder why well, tell me about that why why have Vox hmm. dealt kind of a bloody nose um, that is in interesting. Um, the polls weren't too clear. So we had uh, general elections um, two, two months ago, around two months ago. Mm -hmm. And it went from having 50 seats out of 350 seats in, to uh, just uh, over 30 seats. So that's almost um, losing half of its voters. Um, there are, I guess, several reasons for this. 
um, up until so so before the previous election, they hadn't really been involved with any. Um, they they weren't governing anywhere. They they weren't they were just in the opposition everywhere. So that makes it easier for you to scream a lot, and make proposers um, suggestions. Um, now in the there were regional elections just before the general election. So in, in May this year, there were there were local elections, and the Partido Popular um, raised above uh, the socialist in, in a few um, cities and several regions, but they needed Vox to break a deal, uh, so didn't didn't have the numbers unless they they broke a deal. So between that election and the general election, there was a bit of a back and forth between the two, and I, I'm guessing some of the voters thought to themselves, well. Um, you know, if my objective here is to push away the left, uh, I might as well just vote for Partido Popular uh, because it's not worth the, the extra effort. And it's actually risky because the voting system will favor, will will penalize um, multiple parties. Um, okay. That's 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 one element, uh, just right, uh, right voters being pragmatic about things and just voting going for the bigger actor. There is another potential reason, which is... Um, the Partido Popular has been very careful not to opt, actually to opt, ha, has co-opted a lot of the positions from Vox. They refused to uh, allow Vox to set a clear area where um, they were, you know, to the right. So they they have slightly but uh, firmly moved the Overton window to the right to try and absorb some of the positions from Vox. And it, mm-hmm. it would appear that that has worked to some extent, mm-hmm. um, not, not entirely clear, but that, that could be another reason. There, there has been a shift in the Partido Popular uh, more willing to to uh, adopt Vox's position. So maybe, maybe those two things. In 2015, um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who was kind of grieving the loss, uh, you know, the, the, the Labour Party, the very mild kind of uh, centre-left party that, you know, is, Drifted to the right over the last um, few decades, with one brief notable exception. Um, my friend was grieving that they'd lost the 2015 general election, and now the Conservatives were back in charge. Um, but she said, "Well, you know, thank goodness, UKIP, the UK Independence Party, led by Nigel Farage, which has been responsible largely for the ruination of the country, um, they thank goodness they didn't get in." And I thought to myself. Oh, no, no, they did. They won the election. They won the election because the Conservative Party had to firstly commit in order to steal their voters away and not split the right wing vote, had to commit to a referendum on the European Union. And immediately afterwards, you know, the the kind of the rhetoric on immigration, on cultural values and all this kind of right-wing stuff the the kind of right-wing rhetoric that's you know great greatly amplified and so perhaps there is and perhaps the same is true of the republican party in america and a number of other um center-right parties across the the kind of the western world maybe what you're seeing is when the the kind of the the economic model uh, that we've all been kind of adhering to neoliberalism kind of blew up in 2008 and then guarantee to middle and lower middle and working class people, you know, if you follow this set of values, you'll become progressively more prosperous. When that, you know, that's clearly not true anymore. You have to have 
you you have this kind of fragmentation amongst right wing parties as people start to look for kind of more kind of nationalist or right wing answers. And those in the centre ground, who are essentially the neoliberals who say, you know, as long as we kind of try to make this this wonderful system that rules that runs the world work and with a good little kind of administrators for that um it'll continue functioning their argument weakens and weakens and weakens because it it you know it's evidently you know if you look at the kind of the evidence on in, rising inequality in nearly every country where neoliberalism is tried it doesn't it doesn't provide for most people it, it polarizes wealth in a tiny group of hands so the only thing you can do is to win elections is to try to out out compete the the populists either in you know uh, either within your party or the populists who have broken away from your party and are kind of the fringe kind of um uh, extremists so we we see this this kind of uh, perhaps what what's happened in Spain in 2023 is is not dissimilar to Britain in 2015, where you know that you you have to steal the populist rights clothes, um, and what what like what kind of ruling party that results in is well we shall we shall see. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> but um, but there you go. Well, we need to finish up in 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 a moment, but um. How is this for you today, Alvaro? You, this kind of conversation, I, I think it's been really valuable just to, to, to talk from the, 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 a kind of informed perspective from, from within somewhere where you're, you're experiencing the, 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 the daily contrast of the politics. It's... Mm. I'll share with you the main takeaway from our conversation for me. It is the realization that even if Vox was to disappear as a right-wing party, the fact that it has forced to ha, has forced the main right party, Partido Popular, to shift its positions to the right in a way that's a win. So mm-hmm. they have, even if they dis- were to disappear tomorrow, they have a win, or if you want to call it in a different way, they have caused the damage. Uh, and that that's uh, an interesting realization and um, a worrying one too. Yeah. Yeah. On that bleak note, well, <laughs> is this is. The, the 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 thing that I I have often felt in these situations is that say what you will about the you know, the, the right wing parties in terms of kind of organisation and focus and marshalling their resources and mm-hmm. fighting for their irrational goals they generally tend to be quite good at it which is a uh, an issue that something the left perhaps needs to learn from. But um, but there you go. That's this conversation at another time. Um, and I, I do hope you'll join us again uh, for, for further discussions about Spain, past and present. Anytime. It's been a pleasure, Nick. Thank you. You're very welcome. Take good care and we shall speak soon. You too. Thank you. Bye. All the best. Take care. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.